Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. I want to open our Bibles to the same two passages that we've been on for this week. Uh, Joshua chapter 1, and then also 1 John chapter 5, and the CEV on 1 John 5. So the media team will have that for us. We appreciate all those who volunteer and serve in our media team to help us get the gospel out all over the world. Amen? Praise the Lord. You have Joshua chapter 1, verse 5? Okay, let's read that together this morning. Ready? Read. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. All right. Now let's switch over, please, to uh, 1 John 5, verse 4 and 5 from the CEV. And it's on the screen in front of you. Okay? Let's read that together. Ready? Read. Every child of God can defeat the world, and our faith is what gives us this victory. No one can defeat the world without having faith in Jesus as the Son of God. So go back to verse 4 for me, please. Verse 4. Every child of God can defeat the world, and our faith is what gives us this victory. Today we're continuing on the subject, and I believe this is the last part of this, prayerfully of this series, How to Beat the System. This is part three, How to Beat the System. Our Father and our God today, we're so thankful to you for this time you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful experience and time of encounter with you. God, I ask that in this hour, in this time, that, Lord, you'd speak to us from heaven. Let our hearts be open to receive. Give us uh, seeing eyes and hearing ears. Let us receive all you have for us today so that our lives will change and we in the body of Christ will be the light in the midst of a dark world full of uncertainty, full of fear, full of evil, that in the midst of this present evil age, we can be attractive to the world, that they might come to us and we might lead them to Jesus. We give you praise and glory and honor for these things. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, you may be seated. How to beat the system. You know, it's a, it's a sad reality today that uh, we still find ourselves having to explain to children uh, why there are so many problems and issues in the world. And children want to know that. They want to know why there's so many problems, why there are so many uh, issues, why there's so much fighting, why is there so much hunger, why is there so much war, why is there so much hatred, why is there so much this and that. And the truth is, most adults don't understand why. Most adults uh, will see poverty or see lack or see hatred or see racism or see um, hurricanes and see things and they'll blame it either on uh, people or they'll blame things on God. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs, we read this the other day, I think it was on Friday, says the foolishness of man perverts his way or ruins his life and his heart frets against the Lord. So in other words, you can, you can mess your own life up. And generally people do, and then they blame the mess up on the Lord. And it's not the Lord's fault. God is good. And he's good to all. And he only does good. Right? And so... Uh, 
people have a hard time understanding why, why there's so much evil in the world. But we have found the answer. We've been reading it all week long. If you look at 1 John chapter 5 and verse 19, we can see clearly in spades why there's so much evil in the world, why there's so many problems on this planet. In 1 John 5, 19, if you put that up for us on the screen, please. It says, we know, in fact, can, can we go back to verse 18? I want to just, just look at verse 18 just for, for a little more reference sake. We'll do both. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. Okay? Just underline that in, in your mind. Whoever is born of God does not sin. Everybody say, I don't sin. I'm born of God. Right? He's our father. My children look like me. So our father's God, so we should look like him. So we don't sin. We don't practice sin. I'm not telling you you're not going to slip, you're not going to make a mistake, but it should be a mistake. <laughs> and not intentional. All right? So we know that whoever's born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself. So you and I should never suffer from a disease called can't help it. Y'all ever met anybody with a disease? Can't help it? How you got it that, man? I, I couldn't help it. <laughs> Could, couldn't hepatitis. You don't want to suffer from couldn't hepatitis. Right? So we keep ourselves. But it says, watch this next part. And the wicked one, this is big, does not touch him. So when you and I are born of God, the wicked one does not touch us. This is, this, is, this is alarming to me when I consider how many people are afraid that the wicked one can touch them. Now look at verse 19, please. Verse 19. We know that we are, everybody say we are. We are, we are of God. And here's the problem. Here's the answer for all the children. Here's the answer for all the sinners. Because all the people in the world, they, they'll ask you this. Well, if God is so good, why, how come there's so many problems in the world? If there is a God, if God is real and he's as good as you say he is, how come this world has so many issues? Here's your answer. You don't have to search any, long, any longer on this. And the whole world lies under the sway. That word sway means what? Control of the wicked one. So the whole world is under Satan's control. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world. Isn't that what we grew up singing? God's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the little bitty baby. Right? Yeah, but the world system is under the control of the wicked one. We are of God. So we're the ones he has in his hands. Oh, man. We're the ones. See, that song was a little erroneous. We're the ones he has in his hands. But the whole world, that means everything outside of we, us, lies under the sway or control of who? Y'all know what that is, right? Satan, okay? So that's why there's so much hatred and division and strife and injustice and poverty and suicide and depression and coronavirus and cancer and lupus and diabetes and impotence and infertility and yada and yada and yada, etc., etc., etc. Right? You name it. 
that what Shirley Caesar say? You name it. So whatever you, it is, you name it, everything evil in this world is because the world is under the control of the wicked one. In fact, Jesus Christ himself testified this in John chapter 7, verse 7. He said, I testify of the world, of it. He talks about the world here. You go to read the verses above that. But he says, I testify of it that its works are evil. He said, the world cannot hate you. Now, this word world, I'm going to show you in a moment, is the same Greek word cosmos we've been looking at. So we're talking about the system. So it says the system cannot hate you. He's talking to his brothers in this verse. His brothers will tell him, Jesus, go do your thing. And he said, y'all don't, y'all tripping. The world can't hate you because you're part of it. But it hates me, Jesus, because I tell the truth about it. I'm exposing this system. He said, and I testify of it that it's works, it's works. Notice again, he's talking about the world. He's not talking about people. He said, it, it's works. Anybody have King James? Does King James says, say it's too? I testify that, that the works. Right. So he's not talking about people. We know people, but the works of the system are evil. Are y'all seeing it? Y'all seeing this here? All right, now, so this word world, I gave you this before, is the Greek word cosmos. We pick up the pace a little bit here, all right? Maybe I'll keep going slow then. Nobody said anything. Huh? I'm just for y'all good. It's the, I can say slow all day long. I can let this thing marinate. I could, we could, we could have, you know, if you want jambalaya or something like that, you can let the thing sit. You know, quick jambalaya. That Zatarans, that ain't the same thing as those. <laughs> you want the real deal. Let this thing simmer here. So world is that Greek word cosmos, which means an apt and harmonious arrangement or constitution, order or government. Simplified, it's a system. So when you see the word world in the New Testament, many times, not every time, sometimes it's the Greek word eon, which means ages, but many times it's the word cosmos, which means he's talking about a system. At the root of it is a system. So I testify that the world's system, that its works are evil. You got it? So what he did was he came and beat the system. Right? John 16, 33, the media put it up for us. John 16, 33, Jesus said, he said, while you are in the world, uh, yeah, that's, that's fine. Let's stay in the CEV. I've told you this so that you might have peace in your hearts because of me. While you are in the world, you will have to suffer. Remember, you shall have tribulation, King James. But be of good cheer. Cheer up. It says here, I have defeated the world. This word, world is system. I've defeated the world. I beat the system. Y'all got it? How many of y'all remember Julius Caesar? Show of hands. Julius Caesar. You heard of Julius Caesar. He was, the, he was the empire, uh, the emperor of the Roman, I'm listening, empire. I'm, I'm checking, it's been a long time since y'all been in school, I know. Of the Roman empire. And there's a phrase that he put out when he was going out conquering the world. And he said, I came, I saw, and I conquered. I came, I saw, and I conquered. I heard y'all in the front row. I came, I saw, 
and I conquered. Well, that's exactly what Jesus did. I came, I saw this evil system, and I conquered it. I defeated the world. I whipped it. I beat the system. Everybody say, Jesus beat the system. Now, I want to help you out here. I got to help everybody out. I'm trying, I'm trying to help us transition uh, out of our anger straits here into being productive because you can't be productive when you're angry. All you do is tear up stuff. You're when you're angry, you're destructive. That's why husbands and wives, when you're angry, don't argue. This is your marriage minute. When you're angry, don't argue. Wait till you calm down and cool down and then talk. Because if you talk while you're angry, you're going to destruct. Parents, if you're angry, don't beat your children when you're angry. That's how you get into abuse. The Bible tells you to handle your kids. So you can't not handle them. But don't do it when you're angry. Because you're going to hurt them, you're going to leave a mark on them, they're going to go to school, and you're going to go to jail. So, okay, back up. Wusa. You understand? You can't do that. You have to be constructive. So I got to say this to help all of us. Because, you know, People, right now, there's a move. People like, you know what? I ain't taking this mess no more in America. I'm going to Africa. I have news for you. While you are in America, what does it say on your screen? Oh, y'all, nothing. John 16.33. My bad. That's my bad. No, they did, right? That's, that's, my, that's my bad. We didn't practice this. Put that scripture down, John 6, 33, in the CV again. While you are in the world, you will have to suffer. So it didn't limit it to America. So if you think you're going go to go to uh, Botswana and not have to suffer, I'm moving to Atlanta because it's better for all of us in Atlanta. While you are in Atlanta, <laughs> Atlanta's still in the world. Come on, am I right about it? I'm going Mississippi. Mississippi is still in the world. See, while you're in the world, you have to suffer, but cheer up, I have defeated the world. Okay? So remember, it's a world system. It's not an American system. It's a world system. So you and I have to know how to rise above it because you can't leave the planet. You got to know how to rise above and beat this system. Amen? All right, 1 John 5, verse 4. Let's pick it up here. Every child of God can beat the system. Every child of God can defeat the world, right? I want you to insert in your mind, beat the system. And our faith is what gives us this victory. No one can defeat this world or beat the system without having faith in Jesus as the Son of God. So when you see people there out in the world, they're, they're sinners, and you look like they're doing well, they can't beat it without faith in Jesus. This, they don't even realize how the system has them in a stranglehold. They don't even realize how trapped they are and how free you are. 
Glory to God. Now, I told you without faith, the world system will crush you. Without faith, the world system will crush you regardless of ethnicity or gender, education, or economic level. This, this is my last message on this here, so I'm just reviewing real quick for you, Chris. Just, I'm, I want to make sure you all catch up because I'm moving on after this. And I told you Satan will give people ideas on how to get over on the system. You've heard that in, your, in the hood. You've heard that in your, at the job. You've heard that, you know, people, unemployment and, you know, punch in for me even though I'm not there yet. <laughs> but what I tell you, when he, when he gives you an idea, what is he going to do? He's going to tell on you because he's a snitch. Tell your, tell your neighbor, the devil's a snitch. He will tell on you. He's going to tell on you. Because you're going to have to compromise. You're going to compromise. If you get over, you're going to compromise your honesty or your integrity or your dignity or all three. If you're going to get over, you're going to compromise something. And if you compromise, it's going to put you always in compromising positions. And he's a snitch. Snitches get stitches. He's a snitch. The Bible said, be sure your sins will find you out. And if the devil gives you an idea, he's giving you a sin idea. And he's going to tell on you. That's how your sin's going to find you out. All right? But with faith, we never have to compromise. You got it? Okay. So we're learning how to overcome this, the world's system by faith, not by cheating, not by compromising ourselves. Okay? And we can do it. Every child of God. Everybody here born again today? If you're a child of God, you can beat this system. If you're not, the system's going to beat you. Okay? All right, now, we've been looking at the book of Joshua here as our backdrop as to how you beat the system. Okay? God told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5, he said, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. So in other words, Joshua, you are good. Solid, you're golden. I'm going to be with you. And if God be for you, who can be against you, right? If God be for you, he's more than the whole world, world against you. If God is for you, it wouldn't matter what kind of army mounted up against you. Glory to God. Remember Elijah, Elisha rather, and, and, and Gehazi were out there in, in, uh, in Dothan, and the army came against them, and they looked all around. Uh, Gehazi woke up one morning. This is uh, 2 Kings chapter 6. He woke, wakes up one morning. He looks around. And he sees all this army around him. And he panics. Oh, Lord, what are we going to do? Alas, my master, what shall we do? Elijah, come, Elijah comes out. Oh, he sees it. He said, Lord, oh, just open this young man's eyes. And when God opened Gehazi's eyes, he looked in behind that army. He saw an army full of, a, a, a mountain full of chariots of fire. All around. God will not let him beat him because if God be for you, who can be against you? You got this? All right. Now, God is on my side. Say it. 
Say it again. This time say it like an army. Shoo. That's good right there. God's on my side. He's not on the side of the system. God hates the system because it's not his system. His system is the kingdom. This mess man set up, God's bringing it down. God's bringing this whole thing. I'm telling you, one of, that's one of, one of the things we've seen with this whole corona issue is that all, every system this man has had set up, God is bringing them down. That ain't working. Hallelujah. All right, now, so I give, I've been on this track giving you four things you need to do to beat the system. How many remember number one? All right, let's start over. I've been giving you four things on important steps on how to beat the system. Okay? Number one, be strong. strong. That was strong. Good, good, good. God told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 and 7 and 9, he tells, the men tell him later on at the end of Joshua chapter 1, Moses tells them this three times in Deuteronomy 31, he tells them be strong and courageous. But I want to deal with just this one, again, be strong, which I told you that literally means to be determined. Not telling telling Joshua go work out, go to Gold's Gym and flex your muscles. He's talking about get a determination inside your heart that you're going to keep going. Why? Because you have an adversary. The devil, who's going about as a roaring lion, seeking who may devour. So you got to have some determination because doors are going to open for you. But, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. When, the, the, when you have great doors, the Bible says you'll have uh, many adversaries. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. This scripture is over there. I think it's 1 Corinthians. Uh, we don't have to get it. I don't want to take too much time on this. Um, but what Paul says, oh yeah, that's it. 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 9. For great and effective doors open to me, and there are many adversaries. So notice he said, a great door, Pastor Joshua. Whenever there's a great door, an effective or powerful door, there'll be many adversaries. So the bigger the opportunity that that God has in your face in front of you, the greater the adversary you're going to have coming against you, the greater the obstacles. So if you seem like you're facing big issues, big obstacles, you ought to be rejoicing right now. That means whatever God has for me is going to be so huge. God's got a huge blessing for you. God has a huge... um, do you understand what really is on God's mind right now for his people? You ought to hear what I said. Do you understand what's really on God's mind for his people right now? God is not talking small. He never has and he never will. But what is taking him, taking him a long time to get his people to get out of our small mind to think big things for God. God's not talking thousands anymore. He's not talking millions anymore. He's not even talking billions anymore. God is talking trillions in the body of Christ. He's not talking about a few thousand people in the church. He's talking about millions coming to Christ in these last days. You think Jesus Christ died and only a few folk going to get saved? The Bible says he died for the sins of the whole world. 
Glory to God. So God has big ideas, big plans. And so the obstacles that we're seeing are indicative of the big plans that God has for us. Are you hearing this? So I'm, I, ha- I must be determined. I must be determined. Okay? Okay, because put up, put up e- Ephesians 6, 10 to 13. I'm going to read it real quick. It says, follow my brother and be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against what? The wiles, the schemes of the devil. Keep going. For we do not wrestle against what? Flesh and blood. Keep going. But against? Uh-huh. Against? And give me verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, stand. Now go back to verse 12 real quick. Because this is what I want you to see. You're not fighting against flesh and blood. So don't make people your enemy. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Do not make people your enemy. If people are, are, are rough or ignorant or hateful, don't you got to get past that. You got to get past that. I said you got to get past that because that's not the real enemy. You're not wrestling against flesh and blood. You're wrestling against principalities and powers. Against rulers of darkness of this age. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And I have news for you. You cannot legislate principalities. We want people to pass laws and pass ordinances and make changes. Make changes in this system, make changes in that. And that's wonderful. Great. Thank God for the little settlement offers. But the reality of it is you cannot legislate demons. And you can't protest against demons. Y'all got quiet right there. I said you can't protest against demons. You can protest all you want. The demons, the demons going to help you protest. They're going to keep you focused on flesh and blood. Because they know flesh and blood is not the problem. They know they're the problem and they say it behind you. Yeah, mark it. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Say it. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Yes. You, you got to get a determination in the spirit realm. That's why our fight is. That's why the Bible says the weapons of our warfare, come on, are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for pulling down strongholds, for casting down imaginations, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, always ready to give revenge when our obedience is fulfilled. You got to fight in the spirit. Be determined. What, what, what was number one again? Number two. Be alert. That word alert there, uh, I, remember he says be strong and courageous. That word courageous literally means be alert. Strong would, be, would imply courageous. When you read the Hebrew word here where it says courageous, it's the Hebrew word amates, A-M-A-T-S, amates, which literally means to be alert, which means I, I've been telling you be alert for schemes and tricks and ploys of the enemy. Okay? So you got to watch out for what the devil's trying to do to you. Watch out for the devil trying to trick you. Watch out for the devil trying to con you. He's a con artist. The devil will try to con you out of your inheritance by getting you to, to take a settlement. 
Oh, man, I'm messing with you. He'll get you to take something less than. That's what a settlement offer is. I've been telling you that. A settlement is to get you accept, to accept something less than what you actually do. So the devil will bring settlement offers to a people, to you, to your family, to get you to just shut up and settle and take this and case closed, when in reality you're due a lot more than what he's offering. So be alert for, for this con artist's game. So you got to be on the lookout. You got to be on alert. You got to be, be aware of some things here. Now, what are we trying to do again? We're trying to beat the system. Trying to beat the system. Remember, Jesus beat the system. And so I'm, I'm going to give you real quick three things he told us to be aware of to beat the system that we got to be alert about. Number one, beware of false prophets. That's fake news. And I don't just mean CNN and Fox. I'm talking about the fake news that comes even from pulpits. From pulpiteers who will preach something that's not based on the Bible and get you riled up. And they've given you fake news. No, the real news comes out of the Word of God that lives and abides forever. So you got, Jesus said, he's, watch this, put uh, Matthew 7 verse 15 up. He said, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. So he's saying be alert for that. He's teaching us how to beat the system because he did it. So make sure you watch out for people coming, all their YouTube, all their Instagram, all their little social media, a little preaching to you, your cousin come telling you some foolishness, get you all riled up, beware of false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, not just shepherd's clothing, in sheep's clothing. Glory to God. But inwardly, they are ravenous wolves. Ravenous wolves coming to eat you, coming to devour you. They're coming to destroy you. They're coming to keep you from coming up. Ravenous wolves will come and, and help stir up the victim mentality in you because they don't want to see you come up. Because they have it a hard time come up. See, y'all used to call it a crab mentality. It's not the crab mentality, it's the victim mentality. That's what it is. It's a victim mentality. Because I, I can't figure out how to come up. I gotta keep you from coming up. So I'm gonna tell you, man, you know the man ain't gonna let you do that. You know the man ain't gonna let you do that. No man shall be able to stand before me all the days of my life. What man are you talking about? Number two for Jesus, beware the leaven of the Pharisees. That's phony religion. Fake news, phony religion. Luke 12, verse 1. Jesus said this in Luke 12, verse 1. He said, beware of the level of the Pharisees, at the bottom it says, which is hypocrisy. So there are hypocrite religious folk out there. Oh, my God, oh, my God, beware of it. Beware of hypocrite. Tell you one thing, do another. Oh, Lord. Now, I'm just, I'm just going to beef for just 30 seconds. 
Because I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I was thinking about this this morning about this, you know, as fathers. The hearts of fathers need to turn to their children. And pastors are supposed to be fathers. How do fathers going to abandon their children? Well, there's a virus out there. Well, father, protect them. Well, I'm protecting them by keeping them home. You're, they're home and you're not giving them anything. They're starving at home. Your little 15-minute message ain't doing them no good. Bad camera, bad lighting, bad sound, bad everything. All right, I'm off. I don't have time. Number three, beware of covetousness. Now, this is important, ladies and gentlemen, because we're trying to beat the system. To beat the system, you got to beware of covetousness. Jesus said this. Be alert. That's a financial trap. I've given you fake news, give you phony religion, and I've given you financial traps. In Luke 12, 15, Jesus says, he says this in Luke 12, 15, take heed and beware of covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses, which means there's more to life than stuff. And if you let stuff get in there, you'll not beat the system. The system is designed to get you attracted to stuff so that you spend all your money, all your time trying to get stuff and never let your money be invested. Y'all ain't saying much to me. Every time the brand new Nike, Air Force, whatever comes out. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The retro 12s and the retro 8s and the retro 7s and the retro this and the retro that. And, every, and everybody got to be in line to get the retros. And you got more money on your feet than you have in an investment. Say it, Pastor. Say it, Pastor. Yeah, you got more money on your feet than you have in the bank and than you have in an investment. These shoes that are wearing, don't, don't crease. I got to walk like this because I can't let you crease my shoes. But you can't even crease a $100 bill every day. Impress me. Show me a creaseless $100 bill. Ten of them. Remember I told you all a couple years ago, you ought to, you ought to carry your $1,000 around? Ten hundreds, but now they put them on their feet. It's covetousness. Oh, you do it with your car. Oh, you got the kids now. You do it with your cars. Somebody got one, now you got to get one. Somebody else got one, now you got to do this, you got to do that. It's covetousness. See, to beat the system, you got to get to get it to the point, I'm just talking, can I just talk finances? To where your money is making you money. Every time you borrow money, it's costing you money. Y'all quiet right here. Every time you borrow money, you're going to pay something called interest. And you much rather do that because you got to have what they have now ahead of your time. Covetousness. Than to let your money sit somewhere or grow somewhere where you are being paid 
interests, then you allow your interests to buy what you desire. What's happening? The system will beat you. For years and years and years. And I can't get ahead because you keep doing. All right. Number one was what? Be strong. Number two was what? Number three was what? Stay focused. Meditate on the plan of God. God told Joshua, meditate on my promises day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night. Meditate day and night. Now, I told you that you got to do, you got to meditate on what God's word says on his plan. You know, God has a plan, right? This Bible is God's plan for your prosperity and your success. It's God's plan for humanity. You got to meditate on God's plan more than you meditate on what's going on around you. And one of the things the devil has been good at over these last several weeks, for many weeks now, is had us meditate on everything going around us. Whether it was about corona, or whether it was about civil uprising, or whatever it's been about, you just meditate on that. And I just find every little video you can find, and every little tweet you can read, and every little Instagram post you can find, and every little YouTube, and every little thing, just meditating, meditate, meditating, watching it three times, and sharing it, and sharing it. You ain't shared the word one time, but you keep sharing these little videos, sharing all your little posts, and reposting, and reposting, and recasting, and retweeting, and re all this kind of meditating, filling yourself up with Fear about corona and worry about the man. Fear about corona and worry about the man. Fear about corona and worry about the man. And faith has been depleted. And fear has been replenished. So now I'm walking in fear rather than walking by faith. Oh, Jesus. So God tells Joshua, meditate my word day and night. Why? Because Joshua, remember those giants you saw, you saw 40 years ago? They're there. Remember that wall that they saw 40 years ago is there? You're going to face a real enemy, so you got to get your faith built up. Glory to God. You've got to make sure you fill your spirit with faith instead of drowning it in bad news. Please, ladies and gentlemen, listen to what I'm telling you. You've got to fill your spirit with faith rather than drowning it in bad news. I said drowning it in bad news. Drowning it in bad All you watch is the bad news. You're drowning your spirit. Your spirit's supposed to be so strong that it'll sustain you in sickness. You know what your Bible says? A man's spirit will sustain him in sickness. That means that with, oh, Jesus, thank you, Holy Ghost. That there's all kind of sickness going on in this world. There's sickness all around us. There's sickness all around us according to, the, to the, what the, they're saying is in the air. But my spirit will sustain me in sickness. That means I can walk into a sickness room, a sick area, a sick environment, and my, my, my spirit is protecting me. But it better be a spirit full of faith, not on fear. That means you can't listen to everything the CDC or the WHO or the PTA or the MLB or the or whoever, the NCAA or the uh, 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 BLM or whatever. We can't listen to everything they say. They're going to stir you up. 
fear and anger, fear and anger, fear and anger, fear and anger. Some people, I'm not, I don't have no fear about Corona, but I'm angry about this. Some people, I'm not angry about, about this, but I got that fear of that Corona. And then you got some, they're fear and angry. It's fear and anger, fear and anger. Your spirit is being depleted. And the system will continue to overwhelm you. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18, Amplified Bible. You got to make sure you do this. You got to make sure you develop an in Christ image, a kingdom image, a victorious image. It says here, now the Lord is the spirit. Uh-huh. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is. I need to get it from the man. Where the spirit of the Lord is. There is. Why do the cage birds sing? Because something on the inside of you. That, you know, there are people that are in prison, physical prison in America, who live more free than most people on the streets. Because it's not about where they are, it's what's inside them. Now, the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage, freedom. Mm-hmm. Keep going. And all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are constantly being transfigured, changed, into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Do y'all see that? This tells me that if I keep meditating on the word, I start looking more like Jesus. I start developing more of a kingdom image. I start developing more of a victory image because this is not a defeat book. This is a victory book. This is a conqueror's book here. So I start to look more like a conqueror. You hear me? Y'all hear me back there in the back? See, because what's important is, see, you can, you can walk into a job interview with a loser image inside you. And you'll not get hired, not because you weren't qualified, but because you gave off. You carried something on you that the, the, the person you're interviewing said, I don't want that in this company. And it wasn't because of your hair or because of your skin. It was because of something inside you. Y'all don't like this this morning, I can tell. I'm going to tell you the truth. Y'all said I can do that, right? Y'all said I'm a good, good father, right? So I can tell my children the truth. You got to walk in a place knowing who you are. You got to walk into a room knowing who you are. You can't walk in feeling like a one. You got to walk in knowing you're a ten. What do you say about yourself? Well, how do you find out who you are? The Bible says Jesus Christ, he searched the scriptures and he found out about himself. He searched the scriptures and found out about himself. So I thank God for our heritage and our history, but I want to find out who I really am now in Christ Jesus. Because that's what gives me the confidence 
to walk into any room with anybody. I told y'all I don't have an inferior bone in my body. Uh, I don't care who I'm around. Politician, actor, activist, athlete. If, if, if they said, President Trump wants to come and sit in your church and talk to you, I, I say, okay, let me think about it. Then I say, <laughs> and I, w- I, w- I would do it only because he's a sitting president. That, that's my policy. It's been my policy for years. Only because if you're a sitting person, I'll let you come in here and talk. But he's not going to put me out of my chair in my office. Uh-uh, bruh, bruh. That's, 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 that's my office. You're not going to park in my parking spot. Now, you can pull through the middle, they'll let you off, but that's my parking spot. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. It's because I know who I am. I respect who you are, but I know who I am. And I need you, ladies and gentlemen, to know who you are. So no matter who you walk up to, no matter who you talk to, no matter what situation you run into, you know who you are. And you're going to hold your head up and stick your chest out and scrub your shoulder and say, good morning, how you doing? And you don't get that image from letting you two batter you. You get that image from getting in the Word of God and discovering what Romans chapter 5, verse 17 says in the Amplified Bible, that I reign in life as a king. Somebody shout, I know who I am. So stay focused. Stay focused on the Word. Get back on the plan. Get back on the promise of God. Get back on what God's saying. Glory to God. Don't get entangled with civilian affairs. Don't let Satan sidetrack you. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, in the Passion says, For every soldier called to active duty must what? Divorce himself. Media is still behind me. <laughs> must divorce himself from the distractions of this world so that he may fully satisfy the one who chose him. So you must divorce yourself from the distractions. Don't let Satan sidetrack you. God's got a plan for your life for now. And Satan wants to, wants to sidetrack you on something else over here. So he'll bring out a little shiny little object. So look, you look at that. Who look at that? Supposed to be doing this. You oh, look at that. The Bible says in Matthew six, somewhere down there. I think it is. If your eye be single, your whole body will be full of light. If your eye is single, in other words, if you would get a one-track mind. You'll, your whole body will be full of light. In other words, God will give revelation and wisdom. Some, some of you, the reason why your business hadn't taken off yet is because you're too easily sidetracked. <sighs> if you're going to make a business work, you got to be just... I can't do 10 things well.
So if we're going to get God's business done on the earth, if we're going to defeat this system, we're going to have to get single-minded, single-eyed, focused on God's agenda. Y'all got it? All right. Are you ready for the last one? Good. Tell me what number one was. Number two. Number three. Here's number four. Stay in motion. Stay in motion. Stay in motion. All right, now. You're strong, which means you're determined. You're courageous, which means you're alert. You're meditating, which means you're focused. And number four, he says it down here in verse 8, Joshua 1, verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it, how often? Day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Observe to do, observe to do. So observe to do its action here. It's motion. Observe to do. So don't just observe it. Do it. And he says, and when you do it, he says, for then you will make your way. Now, make your way. Make your way. When, 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 uh, when your children are out, out and about, and you know dinner time is about to happen, you say, you need to be making your way home. <laughs> right? Some of y'all remember when you were out partying still, you were out partying, it hit like 11 o'clock, 11.30, midnight, and your parents, they, they got a hold of it, they called the house where you were, because you didn't have cell phones, they called the house where you were, got a hold of you, and tell you, you need, or they had already told you before you left home, now right about 11.30, you need to be making your way home. Y'all got it? So in other words, you need to get moving. So you will make your way prosperous. Now, we, we read that and we teach that in, in, in when you teach prosperity, that it literally means that he's going to uh, have prosperity. But what it, in, in its actuality, what it means is he's going to have a prosperous journey. That's, that's the literal meaning of what God's talking about here. We know God's will give him prosperity, but, and we know he'll have good success. He's talking about he'll have a prosperous and successful journey. That, Joshua, once you get in motion, I'm going to make sure you have prosperous motion. I'm going to make sure you have successful motion. But, Joshua, you can't sit here and get to your promised land. Lord, have mercy. I'm trying to help somebody here. If, Lord, if I can help five, six people today, I'll be satisfied. You can't sit and get success. You can't sit and prosper. You can't sit and beat the system. The system is moving. The system is coming to crush you. The system's trying to annihilate you. The system, and I don't just mean you black people. I'm talking about you, everybody. And the reason why, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs, give me Proverbs 22, verse 2. I think it's Proverbs 22, verse 2. Glory to God. 
Let me see. If, let's see if, if the Holy Ghost is right. Yeah, he's always right. The rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. So the Lord made everybody, but he don't, he don't, he don't move everybody. Y'all got to catch that. He made everybody, but he don't move everybody. You got to move on your own. And he says, so the rich and poor have this in common. The difference is the rich normally move. They get in motion. They get active. The poor oftentimes don't move. They don't get in motion. And the problem in, a, in an American system that we have is the poor are, have no inspiration, no motivation. Because the, your Bible says that a man's hunger will drive him. The Bible says a man's hunger will drive him. And the problem in America, see, this, this is why many of the restaurants that we're looking at not open, why many of the stores aren't open, it's not because they can't open, it's because the employees ain't coming back. And not because they're scared of COVID, it's because they're enjoying that extra $600 check they get every week, and I'd much rather be home doing nothing than going to work having to earn it. Well, what that does, it creates a universal welfare system that takes away a person's hunger, which means it takes away their drive, which means that person now would rather be still than to be in motion. But you will not beat the system if you're still. You will have to depend on the system when you're sitting still. People who beat a system get in motion. I got to get moving. I'm going to work. And if I can't find a job, I'm going to make one. If I can't find one, I'm going to make one. I'm going to create. And look, can I tell you something? Can I tell you this candidly? I, I was in a meeting with, with my, my brothers over there uh, discussing what we're, we're going to be doing in Haiti over there. And I was telling them what the Lord is saying to us now is, is, is we've got to be job creators. He's looking for us in the body of Christ to not go out getting jobs. It's to go out creating jobs. And not just for you. Create jobs where you can hire tens and hundreds and thousands so that you are in authority. Because when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But we can't do it just sitting. We must get in motion. So he says, Joshua, I want you to get in motion. If you're going to lead a people to a promised land, you got to get in motion. You can't sit here. You got to understand. You got to understand, ladies and gentlemen. They were already out of slavery. They were already out of Egyptian bondage. They were already better off than what they were. But he said, Joshua, this ain't it. Oh, somebody hollered today, but this ain't it. <laughs> oh, find somebody else who, who really wants to know. Tell them this ain't it. This is not our end. Thank God for where he brought us from, but this is, he ain't done yet. I thank God I'm not in bondage. Thank God I'm, no, I'm not in chains, but I've not reached where God wants me to be yet. I've not done all God wants me to do yet. We've not become all God wants us to become yet. So I can't sit here. There were four lepers in 2 Kings chapter 7 who were in the midst of a famine. The Samaritans were 
surrounded by the Syrian army, besieged, they're in a famine. Nothing's coming in, nothing's going out. Everybody's going to be, everybody's dying. They're, they're, they're at this point, don't, don't get grossed out. They're eating each other's children. It's so bad. And these four lepers men sitting there outside the camp. Now, as lepers, they're dying. They're alive, but they're dying. They're alive, but nobody wants to be around them. They're alive, but they're outsiders. And one of them gets the prophetic idea. Why do we sit here until we die? I have a question for you, ladies and gentlemen. Why do you sit here until you die? Do you think this is the end of your life? Do you think this is the max of what God has in store for you? You think you've reached the apex or the pinnacle of what God has in your life? You ain't made it over yet. You have not arrived yet. Thank God you got a good job, but God's got more for you than a good job. Thank God you got a good paycheck, but God has more for you than a good paycheck. Thank God you got a good position, but God's got more for you than a good position. God wants to elevate you and raise you up until you start bringing on people and you're feeding nations. So why sit here until we die? This ain't it. So God says, Joshua, you want to beat the system? You got to stay in motion. <laughs> he said, observe and do. You will make your way prosperous. Everybody say, make your way. Make your way. I dare you to high five a neighbor and tell him it's time for you to make your way. No more sitting. No more doing nothing. No more hoping and a wishing. Hoping and a wishing. I'm just hoping and a wishing. No more daydreaming. Nothing come to a sleeper but a dream. No more daydreaming one, one of these old days. No, start today. Start where you are. Start with what you have. Start with everything God has already given you. Use what you have right now and just start most, get in motion right now. Because as long as you sit there, you're dependent on the system. Well, I'm just trying to buy them my retirement. You mean the retirement system? I got my social security already set. You mean the social security system? You know that's a system, right? All right, explaining to you the danger of the welfare system. What, what they call the war on poverty was really a war on the poor. Because it's Bible principle that if you feed a person all the time and take care of all their needs, you destroy their drive. Now, I'm not against the system uh, helping people in their time of need. But it wasn't designed for people to spend generation after generation. I dare somebody say, this is the last generation of that. He didn't mean for anybody to spend generation after generation after generation depending on a system. Kenneth E. Hagen, who we call Pop Hagen, he defined faith as acting on the word. Acting on the word. Now you got to know this. Faith, this is what James says, 
faith without works or faith without motion is dead, being alone. In John 2, 5, Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, said this to those servants who were standing by. When they ran out of wine, they had a financial deficit. And her words to them were, whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, not whatever he says to you, hear it, listen to it, pray about it, ponder it, think about it, kind of write it down, make a t-shirt. I'm mess with y'all. Some of y'all got all kind of t-shirts, but you're not doing stuff. You heard something, you made a t-shirt out of it. You, you posted on your Instagram, but you're not doing anything. Whatever he says to you, do it. Put it in motion. Now, the Israelites, they were no longer chained, no longer in bondage in Egypt, but they still faced great impossibilities. Y'all know that, right? When we read in Joshua chapter 1, they've not crossed the Jordan River yet. They've not reached the Jericho wall yet. Look at Joshua chapter 3, verse 14. Joshua 3, verse 14. Everybody say, say get in motion. And stay in motion. Joshua 3, verse 14. They're at the Jordan River now. Okay? Look at verse 14. It says, so it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan. This is motion. With the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests who bore the Ark dipped in the edge. Y'all missed it. Dipped in the edge. Now God had told them, you can't stand right here. The Jordan ain't going to cross, or the Jordan's not going to part by you standing here. And some of us, we're waiting on the Jordan to part before we move. Wait on the miracle. You're waiting on the manifestation before you get activated. God said that's not how it works. Your emotion brings the manifestation. The Bible says hope that is seen is not hope. For if you see it, why do you yet hope for it? In other words, in other words that, that, that's not how faith works. Faith doesn't work where you see the opening and then you go for it. Faith is I go for it before I even see the opening. Got it? Glory to God. And as those who bore the ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests who bore the ark dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest. So notice what time they're going through. They're going through at a time of manifestation. They're about to go through, they're about to cross at the vision manifestation time. And it overflows. In other words, in other words, the Jordan at this time was at its highest point. This is the worst time to try to cross the Jordan. Somebody you're hearing already, this is the worst time to start a business. This is the worst time to launch out a ministry. This is the worst time to go, go buy a house. This, no, 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 that ain't the worst. If God says so, then you get in motion and you move. So they stepped in, verse 16 that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zaratan. So the waters that went down into the sea of, of Arabah, the salt sea, fell and were cut off, and the people crossed 
over opposite Jericho. Glory to God. Are y'all seeing this here? Verse 17 says, And the priest who bore the ark of the covenant stood firm on dry ground. Now that ground was, was overflowing a minute ago. Now if the priests and Joshua and the people had stood there at the shore of the Jordan, no motion, nothing would have parted. But the moment they got in motion and just got their, their big toe, You just got to get your foot in the door. I heard Apostle say that, Apostle Durber said that to me years ago. Whatever you do, just get your foot in the door. Because you know what happens once you get your foot in the door? They can't shut it on you. You got it? Joshua 6. I'm going to let you out here in a minute. I got five minutes left on my clock. Joshua 6, verse 1 and 2. Now Jericho was securely shut up. Now they got through Jordan, but they got to stay in motion. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. There's this big wall there. And the Lord said to Joshua, looking at this big wall, see, I have given Jericho into your hand its king and the mighty men of valor. Nothing in the natural said to Joshua that the city was given to him. There's a mighty wall. We're talking about a wall that was so thick they had chariot races. In other words, the walls around Jericho would be as wide as this building. They held chariot races on these walls. They built houses on these walls. Not to mention how, how tall it is. So it look, looks like an impossible, impassable situation. And yet God says, I've given you the land. I've given Jericho to you. Now, Check this out, Joshua. You're not going to get it standing here. You got to stay in motion. Y'all know what happens, right? Look at the same chapter, verse 14. Verse 14. And the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. So they did this. They did six days. But it came to pass on the seventh day. Everybody say the seventh day. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. I could preach that, too. On the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day, and they marched around the city seven times in the same manner. On, the, the day they, on, sorry, on that day only, they marched around the city how many times? And the, when the seventh time, it happened when the priests blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. He said, shout, because you beat the system. The system was designed. Watch, there's no chains holding them back, but there's a wall keeping them out. There's no chains holding them back, but there's still walls keeping them out. Y'all got to catch this. Here's, here's what everybody's still complaining about. There's no more chains holding folk back, but there's still walls keeping folk out. But watch what he says. You got to get in motion. You're not going to get victory just standing here looking at it. They didn't chant around the wall. They didn't picket the wall. They praised God around the wall. Oh, y'all miss it. They praised God around the wall. Well, Pastor, that was them. Put up Hebrews 11 verse 30 on the screen, please. Hebrews 11 verse 30. Put it on the screen. It'll take y'all too long to find it. I'm messing with you. By faith, the walls of, remember we said now, 
By faith, you can beat the system. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for. Now, it's interesting, Elder Baker, that as Paul, who I believe wrote the book of Hebrews, he's going line upon line, line upon line through this hall of faith. He names Abel. He names Abraham, he names Isaac, he names Jacob, he names Moses, he names, he names uh, Enoch and all these guys, he names all these people, he names David later on, Jephthah and Barak and Samson, he names all those people, but when he talks about this wall, he doesn't even mention Joshua's name. Because the point is, Pauline, you must have read my notes, it wasn't about Joshua. The point was, it was about faith. By faith, you can beat the system. And it means no matter what your name is, what your gender is, what your color is, what your education is, what your economic level is, what neighborhood you're from, what high school you went to, what university you graduated from, or if you dropped out after preschool, by faith. Oh, my God. Somebody shout faith. faith. Shout it again. Faith. faith. In other words, faith beat the system. Every child of God can beat the system. Now, finally what happened was, again, Joshua, by faith, kept the people in motion. And that's what I've learned over these 20 years of pastoring. I didn't know this early on, but I learned it later on, is you just keep things in motion. No, we're not where we want to be yet. No, we don't have what it, everything we want to have yet, but we just keep on. Why are you painting? Because we're going to keep in motion. Why are you going to waste money painting? Why are you going to waste money on, on carpet? Well, no, we just need a new building. We're just going to keep in motion. <laughs> you, 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 keep, you keep doing something. Plant some new, some new grass, plant some new trees, plant some new flowers. You, you stay in motion. Some of y'all, some of y'all have big dreams, but small, small minds. You have, in other words, big dreams, but you, you don't even take the small steps towards your big dream. You don't, you don't do anything. You're just waiting, waiting for the big dream to just drop in your lap one day. Bam! That's not how it works. You got to get in motion. Take what you have now. What do you have in your house now? What can you work with now? How many pies can you make now? How many dresses can you sew now? What things can you do now? Stay in motion. Stay in motion. Create something now. Y'all don't like this here. Everybody waiting on legislation. No, stay in motion. What, what, what you going to do now? Just, just, just stay in motion. These same children of Israel were in Exodus 14 this is when they just came out of Egypt they're out of their bondage on the way to the promised land in, in the wilderness or about to go to the wilderness rather and they run up against something called the Red Sea remember the Red Sea and they stop at the Red Sea. And they look behind them, and here comes Pharaoh and all his army. 
who's mad because they let them go. And they're chasing behind them. And so they stop and they cry. Moses, why did you bring us out here to die? We could have died in Egypt. And so Moses, knows what it says in Exodus 14, 10. When Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were what? Very afraid. The children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Keep going. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Now they're out of, they out of Egypt. But they're thinking they're going to die out here. Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Why did you even get us out? We're going to die out here. Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Isn't it interesting? One of, one of the, 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 the big phrases of the revolution, the Revolutionary War, was give me liberty or give me death. They were saying, we'd much rather be slaves than live out, die here. That was backwards, wasn't it? And watch Moses, the leader, Deacon Robert. This is what he says. Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation. How many of y'all ever heard this preached? That's when the preacher, he stopped grabbing on his ear. Alone, give me a B-flat. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you this day. For the Egyptians you see today, you shall see them no more again forever. They praise, hallelujah. Preach, Moses, preach, Moses. <laughs> Say it, Doc. But let's, let's let the Holy Ghost chime in. Look at verse 14. He, he says, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Ha, praise him. Hold your peace. Verse 15, the Lord said, Moses, Moses, let me interrupt your nice little sermon. Why do you cry to, cry to me? Tell the children of Israel. Y'all missed that. You ain't never heard that. Tell them, don't sit here. Their victory is not here. Their victory is if they keep moving. So I'm here to tell you right here today on Father's Day 2020, your victory is not sitting here doing nothing. I don't care what wall you're against. I don't care what man you're against. I don't care what system you're against. I don't care what devil you're up against. Your victory comes if you get your feet moving, get your mind moving, and move forward. Don't stop. Don't sit. Don't relax. Don't chill. Get up and stay in motion. And God will get you to your expected end. Nothing will come if you just sit. The system will continue to defeat you. Well, I don't know what to do. Do something. Get a job, go to school. Start a business. Make candy apples. I'm tired of barely making it. You ain't tired yet. Because you ain't doing anything. <laughs> y'all didn't hear that. See, y'all, pe people don't like to hear stuff like that. I'm tired of struggling. You ain't tired. Because you still ain't doing anything. When you get tired, you'll go buy your box of Cheetos and Fritos and chips 
and make some cookies and some oatmeal pies. I see your box of oatmeal pies to get you started. Become the candy lady, become the flip lady, become something. Out of this system. Did you vote? You ain't tired yet. Did you even listen to anything? Tired of how people do it. Did you finish school? You know you can go back. You know you can go back. No, you can't. You can still finish. Well, it's been a long time. It's going to still be a long time. It's going to be even longer next year. So why not start now? See, you have to stay in motion. Let me give you the last scripture real quick. Matter of fact, you can stand on your feet. I'm going to have you read it with me. Romans chapter 8, 28, 29, 30, and 31. Romans 8, 28 to 31. I want you to read this with me. You got it? And we know, come on, that all things work together. Come on. Keep going, please. For whom he foreknew, he also... That he might be, keep going, moreover, you notice that's all past tense? In other words, it's already done. So then, what shall we say to these things, all the things that we already past done? If God is for us, who? Oh boy. Can, can we read that last part again? Say it go. Go. If God is for us, who? This time say it again. Say it this time like you got to get it down in your heart and you about to go run. You about to go do something. Ready? Go. If God is for us, who? It's what we call in the English world a rhetorical question. That fancy word, rhetorical question, which means there's only really there's really no answer. The answer answer is nobody. It's not telling you think of who. Like let me see, maybe it's that person. No, there there's no person. It's, it's no one can be against you. If God is for you, God told Joshua, "I'm with you." Like I was with Moses, I will be with you. I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. Well, the same thing applies to us. God is for us. God is with us. Not leave us nor forsake us. He's with us, going with us all the way. And since he is, then who can be against us? Listen, this system will try to crush you if you're not the right gender. If you're not the right color, 
if you're not the right, uh, I told you this figure, you know, body shapes. <laughs> People find all sorts of natural reasons to divide people and to choose one over the other. That's all natural stuff. Now, I want to make sure you and I don't do that. That we do what 2 Corinthians 5, 16 says. We don't regard any man after the flesh. We don't, we don't, we don't regard people like that. That we literally treat everyone the same. Okay? That being said, you can't help how other people treat you. But what's a bigger fact is, no, 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 that's good. Y'all know that. No matter how they treat you, they can't stop you. That's what you got to get. No matter how anyone treats you, they can't stop you. People can put up all kind of obstacles. But you can't be stopped by anyone. In this system, one day the system is going to be passed away. <laughs> The system is it's, it's being held up right now by duct tape. <laughs> really, it's being held up by duct tape. That's why God didn't want us on that system. He wants us living above this system. Here's first step. Get born again. We read, every child of God can defeat the world. Every child of God can defeat the world. Which means if you're not a child of God, this system eventually is going to crush you. You might get along, get by for a while. You might rise to the highest heights of that system. But before long, it'll crush you. It'll crush you. So I want to make sure everybody in this room today, you're a child of God. That's my aim. I want to help everybody come up. I want to help everybody overcome. But for you to overcome, you got to first come over into the kingdom of God. Become part of his family. So I'm going to invite whoever you are today to become a part of the family of God. If you're in this room today, you're not born again. You're not saved. You're not um, in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm not, I didn't say whether you know about God. Everybody talks about God. I'm talking about Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. If you're not in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then you need to become, um, you need, need to start that today. You need to start that today. So today, every head bowed, every eye closed, and I want to pray for somebody today in this room. If that's you, I'm talking about you today, and you know you're not in fellowship with Jesus, and you want to start that 
relationship with him today, you want to receive him as your Lord and your Savior, then I'm asking you to just simply put your hand in the air where I can see your hand. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you, whoever you may be. Man, woman, boy, or girl, doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter if, you, if this is your first time here today or you've been here your whole life. I want to make sure you're born again. I don't want to see this system crush anybody else. I don't want to see anybody else crushed by this demonic system. So wherever you are, wherever you are, wherever you are, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm not asking who's not a member of our church. I'm asking if you're not part of the family of God. Being a part of this church is wonderful. We're glad to have you, but that's not what gets you over this system. The truth is the system doesn't respect church. The system doesn't respect Christians. You got to know how to rise above. So I want to give you that chance. I'll ask one last time. Anybody in this room today, you're not born again. You're not born again. You're not walking with the Lord every day. And you know it. You know it. You know it. I'm not here to judge you. You have to judge yourself. You have to examine yourself. So I want to make sure. All right, so everybody here is already saved, already born again, or already are those of you who desire to be. Okay. Well, let's pray. Father, I thank you for the word you've given us with instructions on how to overcome the world, how to defeat the system. I thank you, Lord, that we, your people, who are children of God, who walk and live by faith, that we have what it takes to beat this system. I thank you, Father, for giving us the encouragement, just like you gave to Joshua, that we can be strong, we can be determined, we can be courageous, we can be alert, oh God, we can be focused by meditating on your word day and night, and that, God, we can stay in motion by observing to always do whatever your word says, always making sure that we are uh, uh, living according to your plan and your purpose. Your word said, Father, to us that he who even covers his sins will not prosper. So we make sure that we walk away from sin. We don't let sin reign in our lives. We don't let sin uh, dictate how we live. We don't let sin continue to, to uh, control us. But God, we walk away from that. We ask you to forgive us of all sin. Anything even that's hidden, anything that's even secretive or presumptuous, anything that we've not confessed yet, we ask you to bring it to our attention. God, we don't want anything in us that would keep us from pleasing you or from walking in the fullness of what you have for us. And I pray that, God, that your great forgiveness will, will be felt and understood by each person in this room those who are even watching online, that God, that they'll know for sure that, Lord, you have forgiven us and that you have also cleansed us from all unrighteousness. Now, I pray that each person today, that, God, that you'll remind us of those things you've already told us to do, those instructions that you've given us. I pray for somebody, God, who, who's feeling a call to ministry, who's feeling a call to do great works, to do great things in this earth, God. Those who, are, who feel a call to bless someone, to, to meet needs, to provide, to rescue, to save and deliver people, God. We pray for those, God, who, who feel a call, Father, into the business sector, God. Those who feel a call, God, to be 
paymasters of the gospel, God, to, to rise up, God, and do great and extraordinary things for the kingdom. We pray, oh God, right now that wisdom will come. Wisdom will come, God. Wisdom from above, Lord, that'll, that'll teach us and show us exactly what to do. And we vow to be diligent and not lazy or slothful. We vow to be diligent and excellent in all that we do, Lord. And we thank you, Father, that as we increase more and more, God, that you'll help us to never set our hearts on riches, to never set our hearts on the things, because life is more than things. Life is in you. God, so we pray that these, your precious people, will step out into the fullness of what you've called us to experience and to bring into the earth. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah for what you shall do. We give you praise and glory and honor. And all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Put those hands together today and give God a great big hand of praise. Come on, give God a great praise if you receive the word today. Hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God.